Hello all, welcome back. I'm Aaron Wogelinter, and I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelinter, a.k.a. The Father. And this is Around the Shabbos Table. Don't worry, Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of this show. As always, we are a production of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. You can go check us out on intentionaljew.com. And now, come join us around the Shabbos table. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Around the Shabbos Table. This is wonderful. It's just so it's so much fun, Daddy, to have this back, um, to be able to do this on a regular schedule. It gets your mind thinking in a certain way when you're like, oh, you know, you have a you start up your uh, you start up your podcast uh, list again of things that you want to talk about. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot to talk about every week and every time. I never, but, realized, uh, I never realized how much it had become a part of part of my schedule and and really just a part of my. Just my, my whole thinking and everything, and, and obviously, you know, enjoying sitting with, with you and talking around the Shabbos table on, uh, on a Tuesday. But, um, the, but, it, but I think that it's, I'm just so happy that it's back. We're, you know, we're back into a clip now. And, uh, and it's good, I think, for people to know also that it's back in the clip and you can, you can start looking out for it again. Exactly. Um, okay, I just want to, I want to hit you with this incredible story. And, and this week, a cousin of a cousin of mine through through my wife through Adol got um, got married. His his wife's you know his kala, her grandfather and great grandfather are their their name is Mishpachas Landau. Okay, her grandfather is a rebbe in uh, in Yeshiva Kotel. He's a big Talmud Chacham. He spoke over Shabbos. It was wonderful, but her great grandfather, who's ninety four years old, can I know her? His name is Dove Lando. And he, to the day of the wedding, was 75 years from the day that he got out of Auschwitz. He's a Holocaust survivor, survivor of, of Auschwitz. And there was something, so I saw him at the wedding, and he's alive, and he's dancing, and he's just so excited to be, to be everywhere and to be with his kids and grandkids. And then we spent Shabbos with him in Eli, in the Shomron. And he was interested in every person in the room. Who are you? What are you? What do you do? Where? And, and then he started to sing. And he was a, maybe his father was a chazin, or he was a chazin. And he starts singing, Bab of Nugunim. You know, and you know, at these at these events, you know, at these these shavuot all the family gets together and sits around one table and sings. And he came and nudged his way in between all the kids, and he's like, "That's it, we're gonna sing." And he started singing, and then he started dancing. Mind you, he's ninety four years old, and he starts singing a kelad, and he puts his arms up like this, and he has he has numbers on his arm. And by, by the way, it's the first time I ever saw numbers in person. I know what they look like. I know what I'm looking for, but I've never seen it. Um, I've never seen it in person before. And what stood out to me 
was the way I saw it. It wasn't a big deal. He wasn't showing me his number. He was showing me his simcha. He was showing me his avas Hashem. And his avas Hashem was, was there on his arm. It was there in, his, in, his, in him, on him. And, and from everyone was just exuding that, that Akash Baruch Hu loves me, and I love being alive, and I love being an Ovid Hashem. And, uh, and to watch that, to watch him, to watch him just be besimcha. The next day he davened, he davened Shachris for the Yamad. And just, just singing the gunim that, um, that meant so much to him. And that, that really means so much to us in our davening. And, and he, just to see where they came from, nine, four years old. And then uh, Friday night, you know, Sabadov they call him. So Sabadov wanted some cake from the, from the thing. So he started eating. Um, there was like a pan of cake, so he took a fork and he was eating from the pan of cake. And my three-year-old, Laurie, goes over and she says, oh, he's eating out of the cake. My mother doesn't let me, let's go. So she got excited, so she, she asked him for a fork and she was eating cake out of a pan with Saba Dove. And it was just a fascinating thing that there's, there was a, the, you were literally looking at 91 years difference between the two. And, and it was interesting to me that it was a similar Simchas HaChayim. There was a similar... Just beautiful outlook on life, but there was there's a certain beauty of life when you're young, when you're taken care of, and then I think when you go through life, and you realize that how little of the things you do actually matter. And Sabadov understood that there was somebody taking care of him. Then it's sort of chozer alatzmon. It goes back to where it started, where you feel comfortable and coddled and taken care of, but no longer. Because of a basar vadam, because of a person, but you feel coddled because of the rebbonishalom. And I felt that being in his presence, that's what he felt. Um, and he spoke, and he spoke about um, his family and the simcha brings him to see, to see people like generations sitting in a room full of his his great grandchildren. It was just fascinating, really, really fascinating. And it brought this. Since then, it's just been on my head of of being able to go through life. Um, not always are we afforded the opportunity to have such intense situations where we're forced to think, you know, who's taking care of me and is there rebonish alum? And we're not always put through these harrowing experiences that you can come out the other end very strong. But how do we take that and do that within our own lives and live besimcha, um, like Sabadov, uh, every day of our lives? So that was something that just blew my head since then, and I really wanted to talk about it. So, so without saying names, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that, without saying names, there, there's a person in your life who you've seen, not a, not a relative, but a person who you know, who is, that is, that is suffering, I would say, as the years go on even, is suffering almost like the, the suffering of Eoif. Just uh, everything. Tr- tr- from tr- Everything is Eoif. From, from his life situation, but Parnassa, life situation, Nachas, you know, all of that, and, 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 his, own, and his own personal thing, the Yisurin are, are Gefeilach. You would never know that the Yisurin are Gefeilach. You would have no idea. Because he is, that is Simchas HaChaim. An amazing thing once happened. He once had, and, and again, I'm not going to go into the details, but had an interaction with somebody, which was, which was a a simple interaction, sort of a kind of thing that could happen to anybody, and 
that interaction ruined that other person's life. Ruined their life. And they, they allowed it to ruin their life. And you saw these two people were mamish like symbols, like, 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 a, like a semel of what happens when you have simcha sachayim and what happens when you are a miserable, negative person. And it was just so stark, so stark to look at, like amazing that you can see this in front of you. And I always had those two, those two images. You know, one is, you know, is it happiness and the other is farbissen, like real, real bitter. And, and you see that with people. Like, what's the difference between a person who's... A lot of times you see them at the extremes. So you have somebody who, right. somebody who isn't okay, who thinks he's great, and somebody who's great, who's fabissan, who's just bitter, and ayin ra on life, and, and, uh, right. and everything, is, everything is negative. That's right. So that's a lot of the core of Samcha, right? That's, that's what I really want to break open. Like, what, uh, what is it? What, what is it about these people? And, why, and, and is it only at the extremes that we see it? And that's like... That's why I try to take it to my life because my life's not extreme in any in any sense. It's not extremely extremely bad nor extremely good. Meaning the circumstances. Your your life is like an average, you know, like like the average life, which is that you have tough things and you have and you have good things, things and nothing's no, like on a spectrum. Nothing is Baruch Hashem and her. Nothing is um, throws it over over the top on either side of the spectrum. Or, and or is, is that true? Well, that's what I think, but maybe I'm maybe yeah. See, I, I think that that's what Simchas Chaim is. I think Simchas Chaim is is that you do really have extremes. Everybody has extremes. There's the, some of the things that you've experienced, and that you will in your lifetime experience, are are the things that other people call the suffering of Eif. There, there are things that could put a person in that place, depending. I don't on know. I don't know if it's naive of me to think you're you're not right, but. Because I, I think that the things I, I experience are exp- life. Life sucks. Just what it does. And and that's what makes it so amazing. That's what's incredible about it is that there's there's ups and downs to think that... that that's my point. That, that's exactly my point. I, I'm agreeing with you. That, that life goes... And I know that's a little surprising. But life goes, <laughs> life goes up and down. Even after I just disagreed with you. Right. <laughs> life, goes, life goes up and down. And, and it really, it's all, it all depends on how you look at it. And, and I think that now, now you want to break that open and those, how, how does that work? So th- let's look at the, let the Holocaust survivor. So, Have you heard of him, Sabadov Lando? No. There's a lot of videos of him. You can watch, um, you can watch on YouTube the, the videos of Sabadov. A- anyway, Akitzer, so take, you know, t- take a Holocaust survivor, right? And you've, you've met Holocaust survivors that are, you know, their, their lives are ruined. And, and you mean Holocaust, or, or not ruined, they actually have very good lives, but there's, there's a certain heaviness to them. And there are other Holocaust survivors that when they talk about the Holocaust, there's a, there's a heaviness, but in the rest of their life, you almost, you, you, if, you don't, if you don't hear those stories from them, you almost think that, you know, that they're, that they're wow, like they're amazing. Um, we had one in, in Shul, Moshe um, Simcha. Remember Moshe Simcha? And, and Moshe Simcha was... If you ask me... If you ask me what, if I were to draw a picture of Mr. Weisner, yeah, if I were to drive a, draw a picture of him, I would just draw a smile. A smile. When he spoke about the Holocaust, he, he, he never he never did, but he would he he let you know that he wouldn't go there. And and when you spoke, I very clearly remember tears in his eyes. But but yeah. but it was only tears of simcha. I mean, I, I remember when we brought the chevra. Were you with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are unbelievable. With his sister and with 
because it was unbelievable. And, so, to, and to watch him, for me, a memory of, of Mr. Weiser was watching him learn with Todd. Right. Right. He had all the excuses not to do this, and, he, and he was an old man. And he pushed himself to come and learn. And, and the relationship that he had with Bertie all the songs, uh, those are, those are, it was amazing. So, so how does that happen? What's the, what's the mechanics of it? And, and are we met? just watching the end? That's my question. Is it possible to do this 30 years before when you're 40, 50, 60? Or is it when, is it like I, like I explained that it's only once it's, we see this a lot of times with elderly people or people maybe over their 80s because they, life comes around again. They have such a perspective on life. Right, so so I think that it, it is possible during it, but you have to you have to work on the perspective. So you'll have better days and worse days, because the the, the way I see the mechanism is like this: that you have you have this thing called life for which you are appreciative, and then you have these these like boxes that come in, you know, the death of somebody you love, um, your own personal sickness, um, a financial financial difficulty. But you see those as just things within this thing called life, which you see as a, as a very positive, beautiful thing. How does it work the other way? You see each one of these things as now defining your life. So when, it, when, when there's a, a death of somebody you love and, and that defines your life, then your life, as you say, sucks. Life becomes, becomes really miserable. Because it's defined through this event, as opposed to there's life, and then there's this thing that takes place inside of life. Uh, let me explain and it more. Th and that's where that's where that's where sadness will come from. That's where sadness comes from. So so while you're going through it, you'll feel sad, but you will you'll be able to grow out of it when you say this is a thing that happened, a very sad event that happened within a really amazing life, as opposed to because the sad event happened. Now my life is miserable. And I think that that's what takes people over. That's what ruins, what ruins lives, that, that people let these events take over their lives. Now, you ever see a person that, that mamishes, you know, has gone through financial ruin, and, and yet they're, they're like, you know, you wouldn't know that. They're not walking around with it. You, you see some people that walk around and you say, I'm going to go get a coffee. Oh, I wish I could have I could afford a cup of coffee. Right? Or you, you'll, you'll say... Um, oh, you know, we're going on a vacation. Oh, I can't go on vacations anymore. Like, dude, you know, get a life. Like, what? And I, no, I understand. It's really, it's a sad thing. Like, it's terrible. But at the end of the day, it's that's become your life. That's become that's defined your life. I know a person that never made it financially. Just never made it. That's it. It was they were struggling, 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 struggling all their lives. Other people helped them out, whatever. But they were they were struggling. But that's but their life. Their, their life was good or bad based on that struggle. Like if, they, if they came into a few moments of money, so then they were, they were happy. And, and when they were going through moments where they had no money, they were miserable because that was what was defining their life. It wasn't life defining life. Like Life is awesome. So your statement before of, of life sucks is not true. Life is awesome. And life has really, really difficult moments in it. Did you ever talk to a person... And and then you know and and you, you say well that, I really like this person like I really love to get to know them and you start to get to know the person and then they tell you about their brother that died when they were young and then they tell you about how you know what what happened to their father and then you know the, the children of Holocaust survivors they start to tell you these stories which are like each one is a book of horror stories and you're saying how how are you this kind of person 
because that was an event that happened in my life. And it doesn't take over my life. Now, I'm not That's a great, by the way, I, I, I love that. I love that. Is that it's, um, it's ha- what is life and what are the things that happen to me? What are those, what, what, what consumes my life? I love that. For, for a while, I was thinking that um, just to that point is a lot of my friends had gone through a lot of the downs or the things that Akash Baruch Hu sent me in my personal life that were difficult, a lot of my friends and the people I kept on becoming friendly with over and over had these things happen to them. And I thought it was very strange of me. Like, Why am I like a magnet to this kind of disaster that people, that people are coming to me? Um, and I, then, I, then I sort of thought that there's a certain quality of person who I'm friendly with, a person who has a certain mabat, uh, outlook on life, that life isn't consumed by, their, um, by the things that happen to them. And one of the main ways that when you're young to get that is by going through these hard things. So it's almost like an equation that somebody who had these hard things and came out of it and isn't consumed by it, then by, by definition is going to be somebody who I value them as a person. Because they have a simchas hachaim. There's certain... Right, and yeah, they're not funny people. That's not the point. They're, they're just not... Um, they have a simchas hachaim. There's, there's an understanding. There's an outlook. There's a worldview of, of what is life and what am I doing here that I can connect to. And that's what I realized. So then I started embracing it. And then a lot of my friends are like that. So it's interesting. You and I both know a person that is a pretty funny person, but he's a jokester. He tells jokes all the time. Every word out of his mouth is a joke. He is the saddest person. I would say pretty not, pretty much not very funny. <laughs> and it, I t- completely, completely sad person because he has. There's no simchasachayim there. Aye, but there's laughter all the time. There's there's what seems to be a smile all the time, but that smile is masking. It's not. It's not a reflection of anything. As I mentioned to you before, simchasachayim has nothing to do with smiling. You know, because a guy stands on a street corner. With music blaring, jumping around, and you know, and singing "Na Na Nachman," that that doesn't mean that he has simcha sachayin. That means he's a pretty good dancer and he can jump. Baruch Hashem, his heart is healthy, and he's young. He's probably under thirty. <laughs> so that, that's what. Although ma- although often these guys are way <laughs> pushing <laughs> sixty, like <Right>. way over. <laughs> right, but you know, the, but that's that's all it means. Doesn't mean he has a simcha sachayin. It's it's how he doesn't mean he does. It could be. I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't. That's not the simon, right? That's not the simon that is simcha sachayin. A similar simchas achayim is is that that when you look at life, you say life is good. This is hard. This is hard. I'm going through a hard thing right now, and and it's and it's pulling me down. But nevertheless, the, it, it's just it's a hard thing within something greater. Right, and smi- smiling belongs in simchas achayim, but it's not the simen too. It's not the simen. Too. It's the it's the byproduct of being besimcha. Then your 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 head is light. You're, everything everything can be comical. There's place for things to be fun. Right. Even at yourself, you can be self-critical and funny and laugh. Um, and that, that's that's where the simcha comes from. A, the laughter part comes from a different place. If, if you don't have simcha sechayim, so then most of the time you're going to be down and depressed. And and you might not be able to be, to, to quantify it that way. Because you, you, can't, you can't say medically you're depressed. But just a, a downer, and then you you look at the world, and everything everything takes on that that negative color. Everything everything takes on that that that, that hue. 
Um, and then and then the Yitzhahara is really gotcha because you have no real joy in mitzvahs. You have no real joy in anything. You just do things and you become this this robot. And and the you look fine. You have Shabbos, you have Shabbos guests, you have everything going on, but you have no, there's no life there. And it's not a hashkafa thing in the sense that it's you don't believe in God or you don't believe in you, you don't you don't see the beauty in the mitzvahs, but you don't see the beauty in anything because you've you know this is what, what I talk about every year in, in this pasha the dusting with the with the fight with Esau the dusting over of the uh, you know of the mitzvahs dusting over the mitzvahs is not just taking the mitzvah itself and dusting it is putting dust in your eyes there's nothing no, nothing's nothing's happening good because life is not happening good because you're not. You're, you're letting the negative things take you over. I saw a beautiful thing. It's funny that it's like a tenant. It's like a, a basic, like, ground-level part of the structure to have, uh, to have simcha. It's funny. Chazal, yeah, okay. Hey, Chazal don't really say that. It's really yira is, is like the ground, but where the simcha is like, it's so fundamental to, uh, to Torah and to, to, to living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I believe that if a person really has Yiras Hashem, then he is besimcha. Yiras Hashem doesn't look like this. Right, that's what we made it. That's not Yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem is not... Extra piety. Either, right? way we've, we've turned that into, but that's not Yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem is the understanding of God. Well, when I understand God, and I understand how, how His world works, then I'm besimcha because I know that everything's, everything's good. And and this is this is hurt is hard for me. It, it hurts me. That's not bad. I saw a thing that said, um, "Why is it that we are not overcome with joy during the month of Av?" Why do I say that? Because it says, "Mishenichnas Av, mimatim b'simcha." So the mitzvah of is that we have to be memai, we have to lessen the simcha. Which means that if we follow our pattern and everything else that we're taught, both by Chazal and the Torah, <laughs> our Yitzhahara goes nuts. So our Yitzhahara says, not on my watch, we're going to do the exact opposite. So why don't we do the exact opposite when it comes to the month of Av? We don't. We embrace the we embrace the miut and we, we go super pedantic about and, its laws. And that's the Yitzhara. He's already got a hold on us. That's, that's it. That's easy. He doesn't need to. Right. It, it's also that the the the, the, the Yitzhara actually doesn't he, he he doesn't mix in there so much. And the reason is because if he mixed in and he put us besimcha, so then that there, that would also be that there would also be something that would be on the in the in, in the long run would be something that would be an advantage to us. In other words, being besimcha gives you a, a, a good perspective on things, a healthy perspective on things, and the Yitzhar doesn't want us to have that. That's why in Av, the Yitzhar doesn't go nuts on making sure that we're filled with simcha, because we're filled with simcha, it'll spill over to other months, and then he's lost his game. Because when you're besimcha, when you, again, besimcha means, by the way, I once heard a gorgeous thing. You know what the word simcha is made up of two words? Yesh, from the shin, yesh macha. You wipe out your ego. Oh, to wipe out the yesh, yesh the, the, the ego. When you wipe out your ego, then you can be besimcha. When you're not, you and your pain are not filling up the world and filling up your life, 
then you can see how awesome everything is. But you can't see that when when your own self and your own ego is is filling up the picture. Okay. Okay, Shkoyer. So so we, we should just we should just end with you know when we say that um, that mitzvah gedayla lios besimcha, right? That it's it's a big mitzvah to be besimcha. What does that mean? Mitzvah gedayla lios besimcha. I feel like I always say that you can do many mitzvahs when you're lios besimcha. <laughs> when you are besimcha, you can do many mitzvahs. So it's the basic, the fundamental of all mitzvahs is besimcha. Right. To take that take that negativity. The, the negative things and negative things are happening. Every not day not in the life. negativity in terms of the outlook, but the negativity in terms of the things that happen and, that are negative. And, and they hurt, but put that hurt as a piece inside of an incredible life. Put it in a box, and when it's in its box, you can you can go into that box every once in a while. You could feel that pain, but it's just a box. You can step outside of that box, walk back into your life, and your life is awesome and amazing. Okay, Shkayach, okay. pass the challenge. And uh, and the, the Ushami Kugel. That's oh, we've added. We're adding the Ushami Kugel. We've added Ushami Kugel in the challenge. No, no, no. Separate. No, no. Separate. All right. Separate. But you have to have a lot of Ushami Kugel. <laughs> Shabbos <laughs> Koyde.